Hi, I'm Stefan and this is my wife Joanna and we attend the O1 service at the Lake Forest campus and the Thursday night service at Highland Park. We've been a part of Christ Church for the past three and a half years. One of the things that we think impacted our time at Christchurch the most is just serving. And I think that all the people we know, like when we walk around Christchurch, we know so many people and we know so many faces and pretty much all of it is because of our service. And I think if we would have just come and attended and um, just tried to meet people in the pews or whatever, um, I think we would be pretty much half as happy there as we are now. We saw so much great potential in the community. We just decided we're going to stick with this church. It's theologically sound and we know that we can serve here. So one of the biggest defining things about our time at Christchurch has been our involvement in SHIG. So we, as soon as we started at Christchurch, we started volunteering at SHIG with freshmen um, and kind of at that point made a commitment that we were going to stay with them until they graduated. We keep an open door policy with our home because we want them to feel safe to come over whenever they need to or whenever they want to. I think they really mellowed me out. I think that um, they really just taught me to just like take joy in life and to laugh and just to really embrace that side of a relationship with Jesus. Well, uh, good morning, and it's uh, good to be back. It's uh, full disclosure, I'm not exactly ready for it to be the middle to late part of August with fall around the corner and September and NFL and all of that stuff. I, I love the fall, just would hope that it was three months away, not uh, three weeks away. So, uh, But we're about to jump into things and, and we got some exciting things happening this fall with uh, the, the I Believe series, the What If series. I've been working on some of that stuff and so... Um, Ready, I think, for all of that to happen, and I do want to thank those of you who volunteer, uh, Lake Forest, Highland Park, 01, uh, at Crossroads, thanks for all the people that, that work hard in order to make things happen. So we make a distinction, I think it's lost on almost everybody, between volunteering inside the walls of the church and serving outside the walls of the church. So it, it's, a, it's a little bit of a false dichotomy, of course, when we talk about inside or outside the church, that, that suggests that the church is a building, and the church is not a building, right? The church is a movement, the church is an initiative, the church is a revolutionary force, the church is, the, is, is a collection of people who have been called out by Christ. It's a fellowship, it's a community of faith, hope, and love that's based on the life and teaching, the work, the example of Jesus Christ. It's those that have been reconciled back to God. That's what the church is. And it's God's idea, not ours. We did not come up with, say, hey, let's get together every week and we'll do these things. Now, this comes out of Jesus. He's the one that, that uses the word church for the first time. He reaches back into, into obscure Greek philosophy into, to pull out a term that almost nobody was using and it was a political movement. And he said, I'm going to build something. I'm going to build a church. It's, it's a famous part of the Gospels. It's a big moment. He's marching towards Jerusalem where he's going to give his life. He knows he's going to die. And in Matthew 16, he stops. It's recorded there. But he stops and he looks to the disciples and he says, 
Who do people say that I am? What's the word on the street? What's, what's, what are you hearing? And they say, well, some think that you're John the Baptist back from the dead. Some think that you're Elijah. Something. Like that. He goes, oh, stop. Different question. Who do you think I am? And this is the moment that Peter steps up. And one of the times that Peter gets it right. And he says, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the Son of God. You're the Savior of the world. You're the one we've been waiting for. And Jesus says, exactly the right answer, Peter. So I know that you are blessed because I know you didn't come up with that on your own. God the Father gave you that answer. It's too good. You had to, you had to cheat to get that answer because you have not been able to figure that out on your own. I am that. I am the Messiah. And on this rock, on this idea, on this, I am going to build. And then for the first time we get this word, I'm going to build my church. And, and then he says, and the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against it. And just remember, for a while I, I thought that that meant that, that the church was secure. But, but gates are not uh, defensive in nature. Gates are offensive in, excuse me, gates are not offensive, they're defensive in nature. And so what he's saying is not that the church is going to be safe against the attacks of evil. What he's saying is the church will prevail against evil. The church will win. And this was a, I mean, this is a shocking thing that Jesus says he's going to do. This is 2,000 years ago. He's got this little ragtag group of people that everyone else sort of bypassed. And he says, I'm going to build something. And, and it is going to prevail. And there's, there's a book that came out a year ago, maybe. It talks about the four, the big four. It's Amazon, Google, um, Apple, and I want to say Tesla. I'm getting it wrong, and I'm sure I'll get 100 emails. Amazon, Google, Apple, uh, Facebook. So uh, and it, talks about, it talks about these organizations and how impressive they are. And, and I want to say, no. <laughs> if you want to be impressed, don't be impressed with Sergey Brin. Don't be impressed with Steve Jobs. Don't be impressed with Elon Musk or, 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 or Bezos. Be impressed that Jesus started with very little. And the church is now, right? It's, it's not just the oldest. I mean, it's not just survived, but it's the largest and it's the most, it's the most global and it's the most ethnically diverse institution, movement, whatever you want to call it, in the planet. And, and while, it's, while it's struggling in the West right now, these are not the easiest days for the church, it's growing in Africa, Asia, Latin America. It's exploding. And, and this is... I mean, in addition to Jesus fulfilling prophecy, in addition to Jesus giving us the greatest ethical system we got, in addition to Jesus uh, uh, fulfilling the law, Jesus launches this movement. And it continues to go and grow and be a force for good and a force for God around the world. And, and he said, I'm going I'm to build this. And so we are a church. We are part of that movement. We're a local congregation. We have three campuses, but it's one church. We unite under one mission, one vision. We have one budget, one staff. We, 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 we want to collectively to work to help people discover life with God. And we have said we're going we, we to fuel a movement that reaches people and renews communities. Right? We, we are part of this church that, that Christ has launched, his bride. And and we make a distinction 
between those who are serving inside, those who are volunteering inside the church, and those that are serving from the platform of the church out into the community. And, and the, the analogy that we've used in the past, I think it's a great one, is, comes from the U.S. Navy. It's an aircraft carrier. And so the aircraft carrier uh, has a whole bunch of people that work to make sure the aircraft carrier is working and functional and is where it needs to be and it's positioned to launch people out on their mission. And so then people come back onto the aircraft carrier and they refuel and they get new orders and they get sent out again. And so we have people who are volunteering to keep the aircraft carrier going and we have people who are being sent out to do other things and last week it was serve your city and so people were working through 42 different organizations and and needs throughout the community thank you for that and uh, today we are recognizing those who for the most part um, are volunteering inside the context of the church and what I want to do today, in addition, I'm, I'm, I'm going to end by saying to all of you who are volunteering and serving, but especially those of you who are volunteering, I want to say thank you. I want to say keep going. Uh, we couldn't do it without you. So I, I, want to, I want to come to that. But I want to frame things biblically. And I want, I want to help you understand why we make such a big deal out of this and why we think you should make such a big deal. Deal out of this. I want. I'm, I'm being. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm being particular. I not only want you to do the right things. I want you doing the right things for the right reasons. And uh, when I, when I can, I try and catch people serving where I don't think anyone has noticed them. Right. So if I come early and there are people that are serving, if I'm late, if I've stayed late and people are still here in the building or, or elsewhere, I find somebody serving. I, I, I want to say thank you for what you're doing. Uh, and I also want to ask a question. So why are you doing this? Your life would be easier, obviously, if you weren't doing this. So why are you here? Why are you doing this? Why are you caring for kids? Why are you here early working on music? Why do you show up at the office and volunteer to answer phones? Why, why, why are you leading a small group? Why, why are you doing these things? And I hear, I hear a number of good answers, and I hear some bad answers. Right? So I hear some people who say, well, uh, I'm serving because I was asked to serve. Okay, great. like to think that that works occasionally, so uh, glad to hear that. Uh, some people say, I serve because I grew up seeing my parents serve. Okay? Some people say, I love to serve. Right? I, 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 this is the chance that I get to be who I am and to lean into the gifts that don't come out in the, in the context of the week. You know, I'm a musician and I love to be part of a team or whatever it is. Some people say, I'm, I'm excited about this. Some people say, I want to give back to God. Right? I, I am appreciative of, of the work of Christ and the love of God and the unconditional grace of God. And I, I'm just motivated to say thank you. And this is a way that I think I can do that. So I hear those and some other good reasons. And occasionally I hear people say, well, I'm serving because uh, I, I'm, I haven't always been a good person. 
They don't usually say it that way, but sometimes they say it that way. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was talking with a guy, and uh, eventually he asks me, what do I do? And I, you know, usually I've said this before, usually I say something vague, you know, I'm in the nonprofit space, or I, you know, I'm in leadership development, or, I, you know, I'll, I'll do a variety of different things, because it's a really a showstopper when you say, oh, I'm a pastor. Uh, People start to apologize, they start to confess, they start, all kinds of weird things happen. So I just avoid it if I can. But this time I just said, you know what, I'm a pastor. And he said, oh, okay. And I said, what do you do? And he says, well, I am really excited to tell you that, uh, that I now work for a nonprofit. He goes, I was an investment banker for a long time. He says, and I did a lot of things uh, that I'm not really proud of. Um, but I'm now, I'm, I'm paying down that debt. He goes, you know, I, so I, my, my view of, of the way things work is sort of comes out of uh, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. And he says, you know, Marley had all those chains on because he had been, you know, sort of a capitalist pig his whole life. And he says, so I got some chains and I'm trying to, I'm trying to get rid of them. I said, oh, okay, well, yeah, that's not the way it works. <laughs> Just... So that's not the gospel. That's not the good news, right? That if you do more good than bad, then maybe the scales are going to tip. No, no. God, God's love is such that he sent his son to do what needs to be done for us to be reconciled. So in 1 John chapter 5, uh, John writes and he says, I, I write these things to those of you who believe that you may know that you have eternal life. Not that you hope you've done more good than bad. Not that you hope your work for the nonprofit's going to make up for your work in some other spec sector. Not that, not that you're somehow trying to pay down the bad. You know, he says, I write these things that who believe, who know, who have a relationship with Christ, that you may know that you have eternal life because of the work that Christ has done. So I want to be clear, because I'm always pushing people to serve somewhere, inside, outside the walls of the church, in your neighborhood, whatever it is, lots of different places that you can serve. But to be a Christ follower is to be a servant. Those those things are supposed to go together. And so I'm always pushing on this front. But then I always want to say, but it's not like you're winning God's favor here, right? That's, That's not the way this works. We operate out of God's love. It's because of God's grace that we're freed up to serve. So I hear good answers and I hear bad answers. I want to give you good answers for why you should serve. I want you to understand that you should serve, you should be volunteering, and I want you to understand why. So I have a handful. Number one, because you were made to serve. There's a whole lot of... uh, debate and discussion about what it looks like to win in life, like who's ahead and how you keep score and what's the purpose. And as a rule, the assumption is if you got money and power, you're sort of doing it right because then you get to get your way and you can seek happiness or pleasure or whatever it is that, that looks like life winning. So I just want to say that the radical call of Christ is that we serve. Right? Who's the greatest among you? He's the one who serves. Right? What does success look like? The one who serves. So Ephesians 2.10, a 
important passage. It comes right after this sort of explanation of Paul of, of salvation, right? We are saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, not as a result of our works. We're not earning. We can't boast. It's not, uh, not about what we've done. But then he says, Ephesians 2.10, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared beforehand, before the foundations of the world, for us to do. We were created to do good works. I, I appreciate the paraphrase that we get from uh, Eugene Peterson's translation, paraphrase of, of Ephesians 2.10. He said, um, God creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work, the good work he is designed for us to do, work we'd better be doing. Okay. We were created to work. We were created to serve. That's what winning looks like. 1 Peter 4.10, similar kind of statement. This obviously is Peter, not Paul. He says, based on the gift each of us has received... Use it to serve others as good managers of the varied grace of God. So based on the gift each one has received, you have received a gift or gifts, talents, inclinations, abilities. It's hard to sort of sort out what's natural, what's supernatural. But but look, you have some unique assets. And Paul writes about these in Romans 12 and 14 and 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 and Ephesians 4 and other places. There's lists of these kinds of gifts. And I don't think the lists are, 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 are that all the gifts are listed there. But you've got abilities. And some people get abilities in leadership and some in hospitality and some in giving and some in teaching. And there's all kinds of different gifts that people are given. Here's the deal. The gifts you have are for you to use to serve other people. That's what Peter says. Right? Based on the gift each of us has received, use it to serve others. Not yourself. Use it to serve others as good managers because we're not owners. We're stewards. We're managers temporarily entrusted with abilities, opportunities, resources, connections. Temporarily entrusted with these things. We should steward them. We should manage them well according to the grace of God. So God has God has gifted you in some way, and you need, to, you need to lean into those gifts to serve others. And everybody wins when you do, starting with you, and everybody, not just those inside the church, but those outside the church, everybody loses when people are not using their gifts. Now, here are two things here. One, it's not always easy to serve. Sometimes it is, sometimes it works, sometimes it's like, oh, I like to do this, and I get a chance to do this, and it's great. Most of the time, not so much. So most of the time, it can be just hard. And uh, sometimes people think, well, it was hard, so I didn't want to do it. Okay, (laughs) but that's not the way it goes, right? This is a broken world, and it's going to be hard, and we need to use our gifts, and we need to keep going. So one of the things that we do as a church is we try to come alongside other churches to try and help them, resource them. We, you know, we send people, sometimes we send musicians. We, we, wh- how can we help you go and grow? How can we help you move forward? So one of the things, this will be the third year we've done this, coming up this week we have a, an appreciation dinner for pastors. 
And I, so I've been a pastor for a long time, and, and in, in the trade, so to speak, appreciation dinners means somebody wants to have you come to a dinner so they can recruit you so that you will bring your church to do something for them. It, that's just what you learn. These appreciation dinners are sort of, a, you know, they're selling timeshares, something. Some, this is not free. You don't want to go to these things, right? That's sort of what you figure out pretty early on. So when we invite folks, we say, look, um, it's going to be a really nice dinner. We got, some, we got some, uh, some small gifts for you, and there is nothing. There is no agenda. There is zero agenda. We want to come alongside you and say, good work. Most churches in the United States, average-sized church in the United States is 75, which means there's a whole lot of churches that are 30 to 50 people. And those, you know, the people that are leading those churches aren't getting paid much money. Pastors, as a rule, are sort of underappreciated, underpaid. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard work out there. And we just want to come alongside and say, God bless you. What you're doing, what you're doing matters. Don't give up. Keep going. Keep serving. Keep loving. Keep giving. And um, so I, I was working this week because we got this thing coming up this next week. And I was working on... The, the five minutes that I just try to say and bless these guys, and I, I'm, I'm coming back to Galatians 6.10 and saying, look, um, don't grow weary of doing good. <laughs> don't give up. I know it's hard. And I'm going to say the same thing to you. Sometimes serving is hard, and people don't appreciate it. And you're like, well, you know what? If they're not going to appreciate it, they're not going to say thank you. If they're going to make this hard, I'm not going to do it. No, no, that's not, that's not the way this works. Right? Jesus didn't say, well, this is not convenient. This, isn't pain. this is painful. This isn't fair. He just said, no, I, we, we serve. The greatest serve. You go to the end of the line and you serve. You consider the needs of others more important than yourself. So the first reason to serve is because this is what we were made for. This is what we were created for. And by the way, the, the second little sidelight on this, I want to say, some people have told me that they don't serve because they don't feel qualified to serve. So let me say it this way. If you think you're qualified to serve, you're not qualified to serve. Okay? If you think that maybe you're not qualified to serve, then maybe you're qualified to serve. Rick Warren wrote um, in The Purpose Driven Life, whatever, 10, 15 years ago, he said, uh, look, many people do not feel qualified but read the book. Abraham was old. Jacob was insecure. Leah was unattractive. Joseph was abused. Moses stuttered. Gideon was poor. Samson was codependent. Rahab was immoral. David had an affair and all kinds of family problems. Elijah was suicidal. Jeremiah was depressed. Jonah was reluctant. Naomi was a widow. John the Baptist was eccentric, to say the least. Peter was impulsive and hot-tempered. Martha worried a lot. The Samaritan had several failed Marys. Zacchaeus was unpopular. Thomas had doubts. Paul had poor health. Timothy was timid. Yes, we've all got issues. We're all not who people think we are. We're all, we're all stumbling along. We're all not qualified to serve, but we serve. God qualifies the people that he calls. So the first reason to serve is because we were made to serve. This is the plan. Second reason to serve, this is how we grow. Serving is a necessary, not sufficient, it's not the only thing we've got to do, but it is a necessary thing in order to grow closer to God, to become a better person, to become a kinder person, to become the kind of person you want to be. Serving is part of it. It's not extra credit, by the way. It's part of it. I remember 25 years ago, 
I was uh, talking to a friend, and I, I called him to say, I, I can't do this thing tonight. I'm, I'm babysitting tonight. And I get off the phone, and uh, Sherry says, you're not babysitting tonight. And I go, oh, really? I thought I was. And she said, uh, you don't babysit. You're a dad. <laughs> this, this is part of what you do. You're not getting credit for this. This is what it looks like to be a dad. You're staying home with your boys. So this is how we do our job. This is how we grow. Number three, um, it's the plan to push back the night. So the church is God's plan to bring hope and health and goodness to a broken world. The church is the plan. You are the plan. We are the plan. And so we serve in order for there to be hope and health and the possibility of things moving forward. I'll talk more about that next week. Number four, um, it's fulfilling. So I went to see, uh, with two of our boys, I went to see the Mission Impossible movie this week. And I I wrote about this in the Friday update. And so those of you who get that, uh, I apologize for repeating myself. But I, I, I sort of went in part because... Tom Cruise and I are the same age, and I sort of watched this thing about him doing his own stunts, and I sort of just wanted to see this, and I realized no amount of camera angles or trick photography would allow me to do any of those things, and I was like, wow. And I also was just curious because, I mean, the last I was paying attention, Tom Cruise was not cool. He had jumped on Oprah's couch. Everybody thought he was weird, and now all of a sudden there's this big box office draw, and I was just sort of curious about that. So I went to see Mission Impossible, and uh, I won't give the plot away because <laughs> there is no plot, right? I mean, it's just, it's, it's just, it's an action movie. It's an excuse for car chases and all kinds of other things. But the most believable part of the whole movie comes, uh, towards the end, he's, he's sort of run in, he's sort of uh, stumbled upon his wife who he left years ago because she realized that he needed to be freed up 24 hours a day to save the world which he was doing pretty much every day and it was selfish of her to stay married to him so they've gone separate ways and so he's now seeing her and he's apologizing because wherever he goes bombs go off people die everything is happening and and he goes I've ruined your life and she goes no 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 you know because of you I'm I'm now here and she's working as a doctor in a poor community she goes I'm now here and she goes I'm fulfilled. I get to serve. I'm fulfilled. I thought, okay, there's the moment of truth in that Mission Impossible movie, right? When you serve, you're fulfilled. Um, I could go on. There's lots of other things. Look, the, the bottom line is we need you to serve. I mean, we have nine services a weekend. It doesn't happen, right? The video was a joke, but it's not a joke, right? I mean, it takes hundreds of people every week to, to, to just keep the aircraft carrier going, right? And we want to launch people off the aircraft carrier all the time to go serve, to love, and to be the hands and feet of God, to, 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 serve, to love others, to serve God, to reach one. We want to see all that happening. We couldn't do it without you, and so we absolutely need you. Uh, look, the world needs help. You can make a difference. You want to be serving because this is the time to store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and thieves don't break in and steal. This is the opportunity to do something that pays for eternity. So 
I'm going to end by saying this. Look, if you're not serving, and that's your call, not mine, because I, I want to celebrate volunteering inside the church, serving through church ministries outside the church, pads, loving, North Chicago community partners, you know, all that. I want to recognize lots of other ways that you could be serving that are official or unofficial. But, but if you're not serving, if I were to ask you, so tell me what you do. How has the love of God motivated you to do something for other people, to sacrifice your time, to sacrifice your money, to, to be involved in loving and caring for others? What do you do? How has the love of God changed you in that way? If you don't have an answer, okay, then that's a problem for you. That's a problem, and you want to you wanna get an answer to that. By the way, if you leave today and the metaphor that you use to describe the church is they as opposed to we, they missed it today, they went long today, they didn't do this today, if you think they as opposed to we, <laughs> you got a problem because that's not the way this works. So if you're not serving, if you're not part of this community of grace, hope, and love that is trying to lean into the person and work of Jesus Christ, then I want to challenge you. Figure out what you're going to do. This is, you know, this next week, the next couple weeks is sort of everybody starts to come back and we get ready to launch and there's lots of opportunities to step up and sign up and small groups and all of that. So this is a good time to try and figure out what you're going to do. You could go to the website and sign up for a spiritual check-in. Those are great opportunities to sort of check in with somebody, confidential, this is my life, this is what I'm doing, what would you recommend, what are the opportunities out there. You can talk to your campus pastor at any of the services that you're at. Talk to the campus pastor and say, I'm interested in taking a next step. What might that look like? So uh, I want to encourage you, don't wait for the perfect opportunity. I was talking with a guy and um, he was doing something, and I, I was asking him, so why, why do you do this? Why are you serving? He goes, well, I'm doing this because I learned as a surfer, you can't wait for the perfect wave. You just get on the wave that's there. And so this is what I'm doing. Okay, great. God bless you. And it's a cool illustration. Besides that, you get to tell me you're a surfer. So, so Catch a wave, right? Find some way to, to, to move forward. And, and if you are serving, and so many of you are serving, thank you, thank you, thank you for serving. Don't give up, right? Do not grow weary of doing good, right? This is the plan. You were made for this. It makes a difference. It makes a difference to God. It makes a difference to others. Thank you. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be part of your work in this world. Thank you for preparing gifts for us to do before the foundation of the world. That our lives matter. The things that we do matters. The opportunity to pour into people matters. Thank you for that. I pray that, that you would guide and direct us. I pray that you would break our hearts to see the needs that we can be a part of serving. I pray that you would give opportunities, call people up to serve in areas of giftedness and passion, and that you would do this to your glory. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.